All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. Uh, just a crazy weekend of football in general. So many upsets, so many crazy results. Another weekend to remind us why we love the NFL so much. Had a great time in Pittsburgh with the family. Came out with the dub. A lot of the W's on the weekend in general. And, you know, tonight specifically, I'm looking forward to, you know, college basketball continuing to kick off 13 NBA games or something like that on tonight and should be a lot of fun this evening uh, with a TV on yeah we got got some fun topics today we got uh, obviously we're going to talk a little bit of Odell Beckham we're going to talk about the mailbag questions we have we're going to give our power rankings and see where this episode takes us but I do want to start off and I didn't tell you I was going to do this I do want to start off with a little bit of trivia okay because I think I think this is fun. I'm going to put you on the spot. So, what team currently has the longest winning streak in the NFL? Titans, five. It is the Titans at five. Very good. Who is second with four? Uh, I know the Steelers have four straight. It is the Steelers. Very good. And who who is alone in third place with three? Um, is it New England? Let's go. Let's go. New England. It Look is. at me. Let's go. <laughs> so I put you on the spot there um, just to have some fun because obviously our teams have not had the total success that obviously we wish they would have, but they're peaking, which is fun. You know, we like, uh, obviously our, our teams are very historically great. And a lot of teams wrote a lot of people wrote them off to start the year, and it seems like they are contenders, which is fun. So, and they're currently the sixth and seventh teams in the AFC playoff, respectively. So, anyways, uh, let's go ahead and start off with some mailbag, if you don't mind, and then we'll go into Odell, and hopefully, in, in the time, maybe the Odell news breaks, and that'll be fun. But uh, let's just start off with some mailbag here, coming in from Kyle Miller. He's got two different questions here. First one, Russ is back for Seattle this week, and it looks like the Packers are without Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure that that's the case, but this is what he's asking. Does this game become a comfortable comeback for Russ? So let's insinuate what his question means is Aaron Rodgers is out. Do you think it's an easy game for Russell Wilson to come back and, and win? Um. I don't know, Jordan Love having a second game under his belt, um, going up against a not-so-great defense in Seattle. Um, I don't think it's an easy win, no, but I think if you're asking the Seahawks off a bye if they'd rather play Jordan Love than Aaron Rodgers, I'd say absolutely. But I don't think the Seahawks, who have, what, three wins, if I'm not mistaken, are in any position to be comfortable in any spot right now because they haven't proven to – if, if it was flipped and they were six and two, maybe it would be comfortable. But this team can't be comfortable at all, especially with the Rams and Cardinals in their division. They got to win every game they can. And the Packers are a good team. Great with Aaron, obviously. But I'd say they'd rather play Jordan Love, but no, not comfortable. Yeah, so they're three and five entering this week after their bye week. And playing Jordan Love in the Packers, I would assume that they would A, be favorites and B, 
be happy that that would be the case. But I don't think that is the case, just to clear up the, the confusion here. Aaron Rodgers is not ruled out for, for Sunday. It's just whether or not they feel he couldn't play because of his, his status until Saturday. Matt LaFleur has already publicly stated if Aaron Rodgers returns to the facility Saturday, he is 100% the starter Sunday. Yeah. So unless there's another positive COVID test, Aaron Rodgers is playing Sunday and is expected to. Yeah, and I would assume he 100% is aware of what the game plan is and all that. He's watching film. Let, let's let's not get it twisted here. Aaron Rodgers is playing Sunday as long as he has those those negative COVID tests. He's going to be good to go. And uh, so with, with all that being said, I, I just think that the Seahawks are in trouble. Uh, if they happen to land Odell Beckham and get some more offensive pop and obviously get Russell Wilson back and his throwing hand is recovered, which is a big if, then Seattle should like their chances as far as getting back to 500 because this is a w- wide-open league, especially at the bottom of the NFC, which we'll talk about later. But um, that's one question here. Moving on to his second one. Are taunting penalties becoming ridiculous? Question mark. I understand it's a focus this year, but it is not part of the game when you are getting the but is it not part of the game when you are getting better of your opponent? Get when you get the better of your opponent. So let me say this. There was eleven taunting penalties all of last year. There's thirty three this year already. Okay. Or no. Yeah. Yeah, there's no. There was thirty three all of last year, maybe and then there's eleven already this year. Regardless. There's a lot still. The point of ethicism has has come up, but uh, truthfully, and we've 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 talked back and forth on this kind of taunting penalties are supposed to pre- prevent fighting. I think ultimately, when you when you look at a taunting penalty, of of to what extent is it taunting, then you can break down. It's getting ridiculous. If it's truly in the face of another of another player, then I don't necessarily think it's ridiculous. Just, you know, if it's the point of emphasis, flag him and move on. If it's something as far as a sack dance, I, I feel like there's taunting on every single play when, when people are pointing for the first down, when they're doing a sack dance, when they're celebrating a touchdown. In my opinion, that's taunting. What isn't it? If you're playing somebody one-on-one at the basketball court and they hit a three and they start dancing, are they taunting you? doesn't matter if they're looking at you or not. I think they're taunting you. So the, the whole taunting thing, just for me personally, it's just lame because you're it's almost like they're only <laughs> emphasizing a face to face encounter. And I have a feeling he's probably talking about the Steelers Bears game, but I'll let you go in on this. Yeah. So he's Kyle. We know you're 100 percent referring to the Steelers game in prime time and it's on third down. So it's a drive extender. And there are a lot of people, especially locally, that get enjoyment genuinely out of seeing the Steelers lose. I understand that. Taunting, I think, is a stupid rule, but it's been preached for nine weeks to every player in meetings what you can and cannot do. Now, referring to the play in totality, one, it was a coverage sack. It was like a six-second play and and uh, gets the sack. What's his name? Uh, Cat, Cassidy Cash. Marsh. Yeah, uh, Marsh. Okay. Just going to call him Marsh. Yes, he was a Steelers player. I don't know his name. There's a reason why he's no longer a Steelers player. He was also he gets, a before. He's, got, he's been on tons of teams, to yeah. be fair. So, he gets a huge sack. Awesome. He gets up. Then he does, like, three karate kicks. Or he does the, the one super cool kick. 
Okay, you got your sack and you got your celebration. He takes like one step towards the sideline, but then it's almost like it clicks in his head. Oh, where's that dude who cut me? You know, where's that linebacker coach who said I wasn't good enough? And he walks from one hash to the other towards the Steelers team and gives like a flexing type posture. Is that ridiculous? No. Did any players have a problem with it at all? No. But the taunting penalty has been reiterated that it's when you do a taunt or a gesture directed at the other team. There's a good example of Cameron Hayward caught an interception, took the whole team, players from the bench met him in the end zone, and they celebrated. It's not directed at the other team. I get what you're saying. If someone hits a three and walks the other way, shimmying, that's technically like you know they're trying to egg you on. But that can be listed as a celebration. But if he bangs a three, leans in at your face, and does the Carmelo three, that would be defined as taunting. So he had his moment, and he got his celebration. Then he went a step further. It doesn't help that the punter's walking on the field. So that can be – do I like the rule? No. Do I think the rule needs to go? Yes. Was it correctly enforced Monday night in a critical spot? unfortunate to the bears yes and as i don't want to sit here and try and defend it because it was the steelers it's a shitty rule i'm on the side of all the fans and all the players on that but it was correctly enforced and again you see a lot of the star players and the really good players who celebrate often they're not getting called for taunting because they're not doing it towards the opponents and there was one questionable one Sunday night when Jalen Ramsey made that tackle and he went to get up and run back into the field, but he like bodied the other guy and they kind of fell over each other. And that was called taunting. I thought that was weird. Jalen Ramsey wasn't even really doing anything. He kind of just collided with the guy and they fell, but you got the sack, you got the big play and you even got your celebration. Two teammates behind you, pat your helmet. There's no need to walk towards the entire Steelers sideline. Although Personally, I understand where the feelings are coming from, and no Steelers player had a problem with that at all. And during the game, you know, obviously I was there in the stadium. A lot of people see a flag just laying there, and there was a few people around saying, did that just fall out of the ref's pocket? Like, I don't think there's a penalty. Why is it so late? And I kind of, not that I have more knowledge than anybody else, but I kind of reiterated people around me. I was like, any time from end of play to net snap, taunting can happen. And they didn't show the replay on the big board because obviously it's for the Steelers so why even show that saw it when I got back to the hotel and it's like geez that's that's ridiculous you know I didn't know it at the time but unfortunately that rule is a point of emphasis and Matt Nagy had to be losing his mind because like get off the field man like we're about to potentially win this game the Bears had all the momentum at that point and again like the Bears did all game they shot themselves in the foot lining off sides you know this and that but I do want to say one thing about the penalty. You can't tell me that the better team that game didn't win. If it wasn't for a fumbled punt return for a touchdown, the Steelers walk away with that game. It was never close until like a crazy fumble for a touchdown off a punt. I know you can say, well, that's part of a football game, but it's like those things are so far and few in between. I don't think that penalty changed the outcome of the game necessarily, but it is what it is. The rule's stupid, but it was correctly enforced. But yeah, we all wish it was gone and we all will continue to feel that way. 
hopefully it benefits our teams more than the other teams. I guess that's all I can say. I'm going to say one thing before we wrap this up. Uh, Colin Cowherd brought this up, and I've actually heard Bill Belichick talk about this, and he, when he brought it up, he's talking <clears throat> about Bill Belichick. You as a player should celebrate when you make a play. You should be happy when you make a play. You should be happy for your teammates when they make a play. You practice, you prepare, you put all your time and effort into it. You should be excited. You should be celebrating only with yourself and your teammates. Don't involve the other team. It becomes a taunt. It will be flagged. We can move on now. All right, here, we got one more question. Comes in from Jamie Lado. Uh, Is the future still in Green Bay after putting only seven points on a terrible defense? I think he's asking about Jordan Love. I'm not sure. Yeah, Jordan Love is the future in this cadence. Yeah. Is the future still in Green Bay? Meaning, post Aaron Rodgers, is it at the facility or somewhere else? And the answer is somewhere else. Year and a half in the league, I understand it's your first start. Maybe we'll have to see more, but... Goodness, Aaron Rodgers, it's, it's hard... He's compared to Aaron Rodgers, so it's so hard. I know I just came in with an absolute no, but it is his first start. But the Chiefs are 30th or worst in all defensive categories. It's, you're not going to get an easier first start, theoretically. And the Chiefs only scored one touchdown the whole game. So, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Um, I need to see more of Jordan Love. I'd like to see if Aaron Rodgers leaves. Give me eight games. Give me at least eight games of Jordan Love. Because even when he was drafted, what was what was the, you know, every the verdict on him? He's a project. He's got some good talents. He shows a little bit of can be great, but he's going to need coaching and he's going to need time. Well, he's still in that process. We can't expect him to be great immediately. Is that hard to swallow with all these quarterbacks coming out and being great immediately? Sure. But, like, it's not going to work the same for every team. And if Jordan Love is a guy that in the locker room, in the huddle, can make your team better, it makes it easier to be patient on his skills developing. But it did not look good. But, again, your first start on the road in Arrowhead, trying to outgun Patrick Mahomes on the other side, you know, a lot of that can weigh and get in on you. And, you know, all the cameras are on you because Aaron Rodgers should be playing, but he's COVID. And it's a tough situation, real tough spot. And number-wise, he had a good game. It just they didn't reflect on the scoreboard. Just didn't 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 do enough. Yeah, I don't have a lot to add. I mean, I think you nailed it on the head, but I will say this. I think if Aaron Rodgers is not there next year, which I'm not one hundred percent sold he won't be. I think there's a good chance he is still there next year if they can try and rekindle this. But if Rodgers does leave, I believe they give Jordan Love minimum one season. Only because they're not paying him anything. It actually benefits you. If, if they suck, because then you can get some draft picks, you'll get some compensation back with Rodgers, and you'll be able to rebuild not only with the picks that you're going to get in compensation, but also your own picks. Because chances are, the picks that you'll get in compensation, Aaron Rodgers will elevate said team, and you won't get a, a low pick from that. It's not like you're you're it's not like you're going to trade him to Houston and they're so bad that he won't be able to overcome adversity. He's probably going to end up going to a pretty solid team that has pieces that can afford to give up draft picks. Maybe it's Denver, maybe it's uh, Pittsburgh, maybe it's Miami. Who knows? But um, a lot of options there. But uh, I will say this: I mean, do I think that 
Jordan Love is the quarterback in five years? Probably not. So if that answers your question, Jamie, thanks for writing in. All right. Odell Beckham. I've made, uh, I had a little podcast, a little short drive home podcast I posted the other day. I believe it was Friday afternoon, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I went in on what what the current situation is. Obviously, the, the situation has updated. And he has been released now for well over 24 hours, completely free agent. And I think he's really digging this process because I find it crazy he hasn't signed with somebody yet. But I did say this on the Facebook page today, and I believe this. I believe that the longer this plays out, the more I believe that he's going to the New England Patriots. And the reason he doesn't want to pull the trigger is because I think he knows it, it's probably a good situation for him, even though the quarterback situation's not as good as said Green Bay, you know, Kansas City, um, Seattle, some other ones. The quarterback said, I'm not trying to pump up Mac Jones by any means, just to be clear. Um, but I do think the situation's good because he'd be the number one target. He would be asked to be schemed open, which obviously he would want. He'd have a solid quarterback, not an elite quarterback by any stretch. Um, in my opinion, on par with Baker Mayfield, I will say that. Uh, and he'd have a great coach, and he'd be put in a winning culture, and I think that's something that he actually wants. Um, with that being said, if he goes to New England and fails at this point, even though the quarterback situation is less than ideal, I'm sorry, but once once you – if you go to New England and fail, sometimes you're just looked at as like, it's just not going to work out any longer. And that's been the case for a couple different players. And I'm not trying to say like he goes to New England and maybe still has some time left. Obviously, Richard Seymour was traded from New England for some picks. Chandler Jones was traded. I'm not using that analogy. I'm saying you go there and it, it just fails. And it's your third stop. Albert Hainsworth comes to mind uh, back in his day. Chad Ochocinco comes to mind. Some players that you just like, okay, we think they still have juice and they just it just didn't work out. I, I truly believe I'm starting to think New England's the favorite. Um, and the favorite only because apparently Green Bay only offered him of that minimum, which I think is horseshit. Um, if you want to try and be an elite team and, and beat Tom Brady and beat the Rams and, and beat some other teams that maybe you haven't had success beating, why are you offering Odo Beckham the minimum when you have enough salary cap to, to cover his small ask of, I think, 2 to $3 million? Um, I'll let you go. Um, I think the favorite is still the Green Bay Packers. I think he's covering all of his bases, checking in with the Saints, the Seahawks, the Patriots. He wants to – he would have signed by now, I feel, if he wasn't being thorough and checking all of his options. I think Green Bay is the number one spot. He makes enough money out of football, and because it's his first termination, uh, he is still getting $4 million from the Cleveland Browns. So I know he's losing the other four or five million, but again, I think he makes enough money that you know the Packers are in prime position to make a playoff run. I think the Patriots are a possibility simply because <clears throat> they've kind of stormed back in the race for the AFC East. They are in the thick of it, and OBJ gives them a perimeter weapon that they simply just don't have. He supplies a need, and I think I think the third and final spot is the Saints for a couple reasons. One, it's his hometown. But the second reason that I say that is because if it does work because of Sean Payton and he builds chemistry with that team, 
he could be one of the attractions to get Aaron Rodgers to come to New Orleans if he leaves Green Bay after this year. Because if Aaron Rodgers leaves, it is noted that an offensive mind such as Sean Payton playing in a dome, maybe he likes the challenge of being able to go after Tom Brady twice a year. It's the only defense that has shown that they can beat Tom Brady consistently. He would have a monstrosity of a defense in a dome in a city that would totally engulf him. And I think OBJ could maybe say, if I can grow with Sean Payton and sign a deal first, I could be one of the pieces that says, hey, Raj, come over here. We can do this in New Orleans. Thinking long-term, a little bit of chess, not checkers there. Something I haven't heard anybody say on the Pat McAfee show, on Colin Cowan. I haven't heard this yet. But why not, instead of follow Aaron Rodgers, try and jump ahead of him and be the piece that recruits him? I don't know. Because if you if you go to a Trevor Simeon and you're OBJ, I mean, Kamara's just missed practice nursing a knee injury. They need weapons too. And I think Sean Payton would be willing to spend two or three million on a one-time shot. And the Saints are what? A five-win team? That kind of a, you know, Michael Thomas is gone for the season. They need their number one guy. I think there's more to meets the eye with the Saints than some people realize. But I think it could be a long con move there. Just my thoughts. But I do think the Packers are the favorite. Kind of look like I burst your bubble there for a second on the Saints there. What are you thinking? I dislike you. <laughs> I, you've completely swung me. <laughs> I, I never, never once did I think, I, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to my drive home pod the other day, but I shit on the idea that Odell was going to the Saints. It made no sense to I me. Did. I mean, legitimately. I so let, 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 together, so. Let's be really quick here. Eli Manning, quote unquote, Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay. But when Odell kind of had him, he was definitely tail. He was tapering off. Right. Then he goes to Cleveland. He gets Baker. I don't want to argue about this, but average quarterback. Okay. Then you have a chance to sign with a, a plethora of teams, some elite teams, some, aver- some, some trending up teams, but average. And then the saints are, are thrown in there. And their current quarterback situation is Trevor Simeon. Who's played a game and a half this year. Okay. And Taysom Hill, who has thrown, I don't know, one pass, maybe two this year. Okay. Um, and isn't known for being a thrower. So the idea that you would leave Baker Mayfield, who I'm not crazy about, but it is night and day better than Trevor Simeon, was crazy to me. It, it, just, it just didn't make any sense. But what you just said, I, I'm mind-boggled that I didn't think of it. Like, I'm like, I'm proud of you that you just literally dropped this shit on the pod. So let's, let's be fair here. Let's really start to dissect what you just said. The Saints, everybody knows their cap situation is bad, but getting better as Drew Brees' cap comes off and all these other contracts start to sort them, themselves out, they're going to need to trade some pieces in order to get Aaron Rodgers. They're going to need draft capital, and they're going to need players that are going to have to be involved in that deal because otherwise it's not going to happen. Okay, This is going to be a massive trade. What are you going to need for Aaron Rodgers? Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham. Holy shit. Like, how good would they be next year with And Alvin Aaron? Kamara. I'm not so sure that he would be involved in the trade. Just actually, the Packers wouldn't need him. So yeah, probably Kamara too. It wouldn't Mike even might be involved Aaron in Rodgers, the the deal he signed, that can't he walk after this year? 
I be- no, I think he's agreed to be. I think they've agreed to trade him. I don't think he. No, he's not a free agent after this year. Okay, I could, maybe wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I don't think he's. I'm okay. pretty sure he's supposed to be traded. Maybe I'm incorrect there. I guess that takes some more reading into. But regardless, you've sold me on the Saints, though I do think New England's still the favorite. I've no longer written off the Saints. I think you just gave me some uh, some real food for thought there. Yeah, so it looks like uh, he'll be a true free agent in 2023. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if they didn't, even if they said, you know, Michael Thomas coming back from injury, OBJ, Alvin Kamara, our good defense. Hey, Green Bay, here's two firsts and a second. The Packers might be willing to get rid of a quarterback who doesn't want to be there. Two first-round picks, a second, maybe a chance at redemption for your quarterback pick that you missed on. And Green Bay is infatuated with building through the draft. I think that would be something that they would like. But I don't know. I just think OBJ, not as a piece to trade necessarily, but another piece that's like, yeah, I'll go there and play. Sure. Like Kamara and all those yeah. pieces. With the defense they have, with a solid offensive line, it's not the best offensive line, but it's not the worst either. A solid offensive line, I think you'd, I, I would go a little higher than what you offered. I mean, I think Jameis Winston, three firsts, and a couple of later picks, I think you 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 make that happen. Yeah, we'd, we'd talk about that if, if, it, if it came to it. I mean, there's so many different numbers and things yeah. that could happen. But I just think that OBJ goes back to LSU, family, friends, embracing him, good for his mentals. He's in a nice city. He can play, and he can form a relationship with a quarterback that's trying to win a job too. Hey, throw me the ball. I can win you this job. They do like to throw the ball. They're involved in the quick screen game that he likes. You know, he doesn't always want to go deep. That's what Michael Thomas flourished on. And it could just be another reason, you know, have a good revamping year, and it's a one-year deal. Hey, Aaron, come to New Orleans, and if you don't, maybe now I go to the Seahawks. You know, maybe it's a one-year regroup mental stage for Odell Beckham Jr. to get back into it. But the Saints were on his top three list. It's a need for the Saints. And if you can revive yourself and then look at next year, I think there's a lot of options on the table for him to go somewhere, you know, after he reinvents himself under Sean Payton, who does a really good job. Yeah, no, I love it. I think it's power ranking time. Ooh. We have made Don't it. hate me. Y'all can't hate me. Don't don't hate me. Okay. It was hard. This week was hard. Do you want to start off or you want me to start? I don't care who starts up. I'm just saying this this week was hard. I you know, I had to do some things to some teams I didn't want to do it to, but yeah. it's my rankings. No, I... Yeah. Yeah. I uh I'm willing to back mine up. I honestly, I, well, I made a lot of, a lot of, a lot of rearranging this week. Some things that I, I, uh, I'm just, I'm just willing to argue it. So here we go. Okay, I'll give my my two that are on the bubble after I'm done because I don't want to give anything away. So let's start off with number ten. This team is riding a four-game win streak, and has wins over teams that I decided to leave out. Peaking at the right time, limited offensively, could find themselves higher on this list if they had more offensive pop. But right now, I think they're going to hover right around anywhere between the 9 to 12 spot. But I have them at 10. Pittsburgh Steelers, 
Um, I'm impressed with what they're doing. They're winning games. Uh, shockingly, I've been actually pretty good at calling their games this year. Uh, games that I, I feel that they can hang around in. And uh, they've done that. Their defense is, is giving them every chance to win, even though their offense is, is limited. But I also like the fact that they've been able to kind of put together consistent drives and, and score some points, even though they're not over the top good, like they're not dropping 40 yard bombs on you. They're still getting consistent first downs and, and moving the chain. So coming in at nine, uh, it's new England. They, they're on a three game winning streak. And I, I think that after they beat the Browns this week, more people will be inclined to have them in their top tens. If they don't uh, number eight, Right above New England is Buffalo. Buffalo has some issues that I thought were glaring, but they are completely overcome and masked by Josh Allen and good coaching. They have absolutely no run game. They cannot run the football on anybody. They're not a threat to run the football. They're they're the most one-dimensional team on this entire top 10. And truthfully, Josh Allen's so good that a lot of times it's not going to matter, but it will in random outings like it did against Jacksonville this past week. Coming in at number seven, and I dropped this team down, but truthfully, I should have maybe moved them up or kept them the same because if Aaron Rodgers is playing, I think this is a top four team in the league. It's Green Bay. Uh, I dropped them down only because they seem so incredibly dependent on Aaron Rodgers. It made me want to drop them this week for whatever reason. Uh, and if Aaron Rodgers can't be available, whether it be COVID, whether it be he's on a temper tantrum, whether he's on a retirement basis, whether he's just having a, a trip out, this team's really bad. They couldn't beat a, they couldn't move the ball on the worst defense in the football league. So um, Green Bay at seven, six up a couple of spots this week. I, 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 I like this team. I don't think it can be understated that if you're winning close games, it, it just speaks to your coaching staff and, and the the leadership of your life. I really like Baltimore at six here. I think that they are trending in the right direction. Um, every team in the league, except for a handful, has a bad loss. And Baltimore's quote-unquote bad loss was a win, in my opinion, beating the Lions. Uh, their loss to Cincinnati, I don't even think that's a bad loss. I mean, it just sometimes you, just got, you get outplayed. Uh, I consider their bad loss their win against the Lions. Coming in at five, I dropped them down this week because, truthfully, there's no excuse to get absolutely obliterated at home at this point in the season by a bad football team. It's uh, the Cowboys. I think that they're they're right in the right spot here because I think the four teams ahead of them, if they played today, would probably beat them. But I still really like the Cowboys. Uh, it just seems like I need to see if Dak can recover from from what potentially was his worst career game ever. Uh, for the Rams, I dropped them down a, a spot this week. They lost, they have two losses and their two losses. Spoiler are my top two teams. I, I don't, I can't beat them up too much. I, I think the Rams are really good. It just seems like sometimes they just get outplayed. You know, everybody does. It happens. Number three bucks run a buy this week. I dropped them down one spot. I think I had them at two last week. Um, I like the two teams ahead of them in a more physical matchup today, and I, I haven't really strayed away from this. I, I think Tampa Bay is representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. I haven't really gone away from that, but this is a power ranking. So, Coming in at two, it's the only team on a five-game win streak in the whole league. It's Tennessee. They're 3-0 in their division as well. Their division's obviously trash. 
but they're beating some of the best teams in all of football. And me and you both sat on our live show and we trashed them. And we thought that they would have no chance on the road without Derrick Henry. And they were the 100% more physical team against what we consider to be a pretty physical team in the Rams. So I moved them up to two this week. And even with a loss, I think they would still be in my top, top 10 next week. They're just, they seem like they're well put together. Though I didn't love their offensive firepower against the Rams. They got to be able to move the ball without Henry. And tr- truthfully, their defense is what stepped up. We'll see what, what changes there. Number one. <laughs> they, they were not number one for one solid week. And they're back to number one. Because I'm sorry. This team... 1-0 without their coach, 1-0 without their starting quarterback this year, 2-0 without their most important pieces, uh, arguably, of a football team, coach, quarterback. 3-0 in their division, which we consider the hardest in all football. Arizona has one loss. I mean, it's to Green Bay, who we, we love with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Arizona is electrifying. We gave them almost no shot to win on Sunday, and they dominated the Niners. They dominated them. Like, it wasn't even a close game. Arizona at one. Uh, just to let you guys know, when they got hired, Matt Nagy has a higher win percentage than Kyle Shanahan. So reevaluate your thoughts on the 49ers. They had one good year. Here we go. Oh, okay. Well, at number 10, I guess I'll leave. Time out. Time out. Time out. You always kind of, you always usually tell me good list or solid list. You didn't oh, say anything. Oh, no, it's a great <laughs> list. We have... We have, a, we have a ton of similarities. Okay. Obviously, both of us were chomping at the bit for the right time to put our teams on this fucking list. And I'm so happy that I can put the Steelers on here. So, yeah. before okay. I get to them, though, I got I to gotta focus here. Because I think you'll chuckle a little bit at my picks. We have a, I think the one big, we have one team that's in a drastically different place. And if we were to move them, our list would look pretty much the same. Um, I have a I'm going to start, start with number 11, okay? Number 11. You can't play terrible against the Dolphins and then lose to the Jags when they score nine points and be on my top 10 after two weeks. I believe they will turn it around. I believe they will get better. I believe that they have potential to do great things. But after the last two weeks of football, they are not playing how we think they should. They are not on my list. With that being said, you the team that – the Bills are not on my team, on my list. The Bills are number 11. They are the I first team. I think you them higher. Wow. These are fantastic, but you can't find a way to beat the Dolphins and then allow nine points and lose when Josh Young's supposed to be an MVP candidate. I cannot unsee that disaster it was just a disaster they're they're at 11 number 10 is the new england patriots for me they are on a good they're on a nice win streak they take care of the ball on offense they run they play fantastic defense the only reason i have them at 10 is because i want to see them get one great win they have had good point value wins but Jets, Jets, Texans, and a really, really struggling Panthers team. I just want to see them have a win, which is why number nine is the Browns. They were off my list for two weeks. They come out and crush the Bengals, who are on a slide, so I have them at nine. But these two teams play each other this weekend. 
It's going to be a fantastic match to tune into. I want to see what happens in that game because it can determine a lot of what's going to look in the AFC playoff picture. Teams are going to go down to third and fourth tier tiebreakers in this AFC race for playoff spots, so it's absolutely awesome. Steelers at number eight. They've beaten the Browns, and they've beaten the Bills, and they're on a four-game win streak. It was real ugly early in the year, but they've turned it around. We know what we're getting out of them. They're going to they're gonna be very hit or miss on offense, but I, I truly believe the Steelers are in the conversation for best defense in the league. Their special teams are playing good, especially Chris Boswell. When we only score 15, we only allow 10. We scored 29. You know, the Steelers are interesting. They can't win a ton of ways, but the one way they do win, they're very good at. Number seven, I have the Ravens because this AFC North is so close. The Ravens continue to win close games. I would just like to see them maybe not have a close game. And also the Ravens defense, which we thought we would be able to rant and rave about, is bottom 10 in the league. Kind of like the Chiefs, you know. Lamar's winning the games and Mahomes is is losing them, but their defense have really taken a big step backwards after last year. So I'd like to see the Ravens become more of a complete team, but they do have the single deadliest weapon from the dead ball spot in Justin Tucker, and it comes through time and time and time and time again. Number six, the second team I'd like to thank for shrinking my survival league, but I cannot unsee what the Broncos did to the Cowboys. Dak did at home have his worst game as a professional football player. And the defense, it made me think for a second, maybe they're not consistent. Maybe they just had a little bit of a hot streak. More film are people starting to figure out. Because we talk about coaches and it's like Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin. The year is going on and they're starting to figure out how their teams win. And they're putting on win streak Mike Vrabel. But you look at a coach like Mike McCarthy, is his team getting ready to take a step back? I don't know. We'll see. But I dropped them to six. Still a fantastic team. Will be a playoff team. And they have an easy division. So there's no question if this team's going to be in the playoffs. But had to move them back. Number five is the is the Rams. I have the Rams at number five. Um, I think they're going to turn it around quickly. But what the Titans did to their offensive line scares me because they were the least sacked team in the league. And Matt Stafford was having fun, just tossing dotties over the yard. They were scoring points. Defense was feeding off of that. Matt Stafford got punched in the face and had no answer for it. I'd like to see if he could turn that around. But the second he hit adversity, that offense crumbled. And the defense didn't even play bad. It was basically two pick sixes. They held Adrian Peterson to about 20 yards, one second half touchdown. Defense showed out getting Von Miller back. I think this team will be fine, but offensive line's got to clean it up. Number four, I have the Packers. Um, I just didn't punish them the same way you did for having Jordan Love. Um, if Aaron Rodgers got injured, I would have punished them more for the loss because going forward, this is their team. But Aaron Rodgers will be back. And with Aaron Rodgers, their only losses to the Cardinals. And even without Aaron Rodgers, it was Saints. a six-point, huh? Saints. Oh, they yeah. Not I'm sorry. They beat they the beat Cardinals. The, they, sorry. Their one loss yeah. was to the Saints uh, week one, which a lot of times you take week one, chuck it out. I guess it depends on what agenda you're trying to push. 
in my case, eh, it was week one, forget about it. In the Steelers' case, hey, we crushed it, we beat the Bills week one, you know what I'm saying? So it all depends on the agenda, but we're going to toss it out for the Packers. You know, he came off the beaches of wherever he was. Packers are going to be fine. Number three is Tampa. And Nick Wright, if any of you listen to him, alluded to, had a bye week, might be the biggest winners in the league. Got healthy, had a bye week, and all of their top competition except for the Cardinals lost. The cold weather teams, the everything. Saints in their division, L. Rams, L, who had the tiebreaker. Packers, Aaron Rodgers is out, L. Like, they just, it, everything worked out for the Buccaneers. Best bye week you could ask for. And they're always going to hover from, from five to one. I mean, they're just consistently good. This was really hard for me because I wanted to give the Titans the one spot on a five-game win streak and totally just saying, F you, Brad, you're wrong about everything you've said about us all year, and we're going to continue to make you pay. Because they – outside of the Steelers, I'm going to take my bias out of it, 31 teams. I personally do not see a team where each individual player plays as hard every snap as the Titans. I don't know if it's just because of Mike Vrabel. I don't know what it is. But it seems like this team does not have the dudes on defense. But every single guy is prepared to just smash the other guy in the mouth. And the Rams are a finesse team. And we saw how that didn't work. I think it was just a matchup thing. I do think the Titans will take a step back. But the Rams got hit in the mouth, like I said, on Sunday night and had no answer. They were just seeing stars. And the Titans laid down a five-game win streak. Without the King, they get it done. You'd like to see their offense get, get going a little bit better. Titans at two because the Cardinals were without J.J. Watt. They were without DeAndre Hopkins. They were without A.J. Green. They were without Kyler Murray. And it didn't matter at all. I know the 49ers haven't been great this season, but they crushed them. That game was never in question. And their only loss was to a 7-1 and team with Rodgers. Packers with a chance to win the game at the end with an unfortunate pick on the miscommunication. They, to beat them, you have to play perfect and then hope for a miscommunication on a four-yard pass. So this team is going to make it hard. Cliff Kingsbury is a, you know, maybe he's just smiling, shaking his head. You know, everyone thought it was, you know, Kyle Shanahan, who was this young, smart guy. But I don't know about you. Every time I watch 49ers, I look at Kyle Shanahan. I just, the first word that comes to my mind is arrogant. Like, he just looks like a hard guy to communicate with. He looks stubborn. He sticks to a game plan that looks like everybody's figured it out. There's a ton of injuries. I don't know what they do at practice, but their team seems to just get injuries all the time. I'd like to see George Kittle somewhere else because I love the guy. I'm losing all hope and faith in the 49ers. I think Kyle Shanahan should be on the hot seat. And like I said, Matt Nagy has a better win percentage than Kyle Shanahan who went to the Super Bowl on a 13-3 and season. Other than that, think about how bad you have to be to have, what, a 44% win percentage? It's just not working out there in the 40, for the 49ers. But Cardinals got to be one. And, again, I was just really happy to put the Steelers on the list, which I am scared to death for them because nobody wants to play an 0-8 team. There's no good thing that can come out of that. You win and you did what you were supposed to do. You win close. It's like, how come you didn't blow them out? You lose, the world is ending. So I just, I want to get this week over with. But 
Steelers could potentially wake up six and three heading into LA where we're going to have a home game in LA because we all know that situation. So it's nice to see our teams on the list. You know, not too many teams have six Super Bowl wins. So that's always a nice thing to be able to boast. We'll see if they can continue it this season. But Bills at number 11, you got to show me something, man. This has been disgusting. Yeah, I like the list. The only thing I don't agree with is how high you had Cleveland. Um, I uh, my my teams that I left out this week: Chargers, Raiders, Saints. If I had to pick another team, it'd probably be the Chiefs. I, I have the Browns way down. I told you I was out on them a couple weeks ago. I and I I also said though, uh, in saying that I was out on them, I've said multiple times this team would be better without Baker. I've seen what I've seen last week, and I agree. They are way better without Baker. OBJ. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yep, I got you. You know what I meant. Oh, just back up. Baker's fine. I think think the Bengals are better than them, and I understand they just beat the Bengals. But there's there's a weird connection with certain quarterbacks in certain teams. Tom Brady owns the Bills. Ben Roethlisberger owns the Browns. For whatever reason, Baker Mayfield becomes God against the Bengals. I think he's 6-0 all-time against them. He becomes unbeatable. We'll see what happens this week because I am very confident New England makes Baker look very <laughs> pedestrian. I think we'll get a win. We'll see. Uh, it's, one of, it's one of my more confident plays of the year as far as New England this year. And, and they've had some good games. They played the Chargers well. They played the Panthers well. Obviously, some bottom-barrel teams I'm not going to brag about. But uh, we'll see because the Browns look really good against the Bengals. And truthfully, maybe – Again, because I've said it, I, I, I agree with it. Without Beckham in the building, I think they're a better football team. I, I guess I just valued. Yeah, I guess I just valued the Browns because Baker's shoulder looks like it's getting a little bit more healthy. He had the week off, then he didn't get sacked much. I, I, without OB- any farther, the injury that he has, it can't get healthy. Without well, I, I know that, but I mean, like, just a little bit more comfortable. He had a week off of rest. He's staying relatively clean. They just uh, signed their two guards to long-term contracts. Their offensive line's playing well. Yeah. The defense is getting healthier on the back end. They're getting their corners back. Greg Newsom had a fantastic game against Jamar Chase. Denzel Ward, 99-yard pick six. And Miles Garrett's just a game wrecker. I just liked what I saw. And on the Sunday morning countdown, I said, I think the Browns in their first game without OBJ against his Bengals defense puts up 30, and they went ahead and put up 40. So I just I think the Browns are on the up and up. And again, I I could have put Patriots nine, Browns ten, but th- that's where I like them because I think the Browns have just been unfortunate with some weird injuries. The OBJ situation caught some bad breaks. Nick Chubb going down for a week. But it seems like this team is healthy. OBJ's out of the building. They're coming together. And I think this team's primed for a run. But that could all be smashed by Bill Belichick and company because, you know, that's going to be a good game. Is it at New England? It is. Gillette Stadium, hmm. 1 o'clock. Yeah, it's a big one. Ah, I'll have it on, though. Yeah, really big one. Obviously, your uh, your Steelers aren't. Yeah, they're playing the, the Lions. That's right. Okay. Okay. Yep, that's uh I think for the most part I, I agree with your list. I liked it. Um we obviously differ on Green Bay a little bit. Uh the Bills, you've wrote high it's so high on them. I thought you'd still have them in your top ten, but you really uh punished them, which is deserving by all means. 
And uh, I think we're both in line with where we see New England and Pittsburgh. They're, they're top 10 teams, but they have a lot to prove. And they win one way. It's pretty confident, you know. Uh, Same kind of way, too. Yeah. And we, we both obviously like the Bucks and Rams and Cowboys and all those teams. So, and, and we're starting, you know, and the thing about the Titans, obviously Derrick Henry is very important to them. Mike Vrabel is extremely important to this oh, team. He, um, he is easily the best young coach in the league, in my opinion. I think he's better than <laughs> even probably than McVay. I mean, I think he does more with less than what McVay has. But I will say this. I mean, McVay over Shanahan, if we're power ranking these guys, McVay literally dro- drug Jared Goff to a Super Bowl and has won consistently with the Rams, with Goff, and, and now obviously with, with Stafford. And it seems like Kyle Shanahan had that one good year where their defense was lights out. And heck, after trade, you could argue DeForest Buckner was the best player on that team because after they traded him, they've sucked. Like, Richard Sherman was playing well. Sherman, yeah, it just they had so many pieces, and now that team is just. <laughs> I just uh, want to say I I spoke. I'll leave names out of it with a friend of mine, and he was like, "I still think the Titans fall off. I think they could go ten and seven. They could go three and five the rest of the way." And I was like. I was like, listen, that's ambitious, but I want to give you their schedule, okay? This is the Titans. And we say, oh, with no Derrick Henry, what are they going to do? This is their schedule. You ready? Yep. Saints. Tough. Texans. Let let me see this. Tough coin flip. Texans. That's a win. Patriots. Tough coin flip. Jaguars. Should be a win. Steelers. Tough coin flip. Last three, 49ers, Dolphins, Texans. 49ers, I'm not completely out on. I know you think they're, they're home the against them. I like them. I think they'd be favored, but, but it's, Jan- that's, tough. that's a tough game. It's December NFL. 23rd, 49ers coming to Nashville. I think that's tough. We'll see where, where this but, team's at with the running game. So just, and the last their two? schedule's not brutal. Dolphins, Texans. Their schedule's not yeah, this, their schedule is not brutal. I think they, with the Dolphins, Texans, Jaguars, and Texans again, I think they have four almost guaranteed wins without Henry. That puts them at eleven wins minimum. Colts are solely at racing for a wild card spot. I don't think they can catch that. No, the thing is, is they can get to nine wins, and I don't know that the Colts will get to nine wins. And if they do, they would hold the tiebreaker and they would win the division. So nine is really all they need. What do the Colts have? Two wins? Or are they three and five? Are they three and six? Oh, like, I, I don't know. They're, many, but... they're four and five, I believe. Are they? Okay. They're four and five. So the Colts would have to win five of their remaining games. The Colts are not. Oh, my gosh. So Jaguars? Yep. That's a win. Bills? No, it's a loss. Buccaneers? Loss. Texans win Patriots coin flip Cardinals loss Raiders coin flip Jaguars they have four or five real tough games in there though Raiders Cardinals Patriots Buccaneers Bills if they win all even if they won all of those coin flip games that's only four wins right right or is that five wins? That's five wins. That's only getting them to nine wins, which I just told you. If they 
get to nine wins, Tennessee wins that division because they hold the tiebreaker. They beat them twice. It, they wouldn't get it. They would have yeah. to. They're fighting for a while. But again, we talked about it. There's like 10 teams at five and four wins in the AFC. It's it's going to come down to tiebreakers and this and that. Yeah, that's and truthfully, I don't want to make this a Patriot pod. They have an opportunity to hold the tiebreaker over the Browns this week. They hold the tiebreaker over the Chargers and they still get to play the Bills. There's a lot. New England holds a lot of their own destiny and they're going to play the Colts, which you just listed off. If they beat the Colts, too, they'd hold that tiebreaker. New England controls a lot of their destiny. The only thing that would suck, obviously, is they don't play the Steelers, so they can't control that tiebreaker, okay? Yeah. They don't play the Raiders. <coughs> they don't play the Chiefs. Those are the, the three the teams that I think are going to be pushing. I mean, I'll be straight with you. I just laid down a $100 bet that New England's going to make the playoffs yesterday. So I feel that confident. So the Steelers hold a lot of theirs too with the way their defense is playing and some of the teams with the key injuries. We still play the Titans. We still play the Chiefs. We still have to play the Ravens twice and the Bengals and Browns each once. And we've already beaten the Bills. So like we have our basically our whole division still out in front of us with Titans, Chiefs, and uh it's you know, it's so we played the Chargers. In two weeks, like yeah. we play everybody, we yeah. lost to the Raiders, unfortunately. But there's two divisions where the entire team is above 500, right? Yeah. Well, the AFC North drew the AFC West as their AFC division to play. So we yeah, played the Raiders, Broncos, played the Chargers, Chiefs, and the rest of our division still has to play the rest of that division. They're all just going to be just yeah. crazy. Still got eight weeks of football left, man. It's gonna be so much changing and so much hooting and hollering and bipping and bopping and scooting and dooting. Yeah. So excited. That's a wrap. We'll be back Sunday, live show, eleven AM, Spotify Green Room, be there, be square. Uh New England trending up. Pittsburgh trending up. You know we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna brag about it. Hopefully Odell lands with New England. If not, we'll see where he lands. We've made our predictions. Hopefully you guys are digging the shows. Um, that's all I got. Anything else? Nope, that's it for me, man. Go Steelers. Hell yeah. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. And uh, we'll see you Sunday. Live show. Let's go. Real talk. Real talk.